Welcome to 2022, our year of great increase, as prophesied by our pastor, Pastor Boni Bahati. We believe that as you listen to this sermon, God will greatly increase and multiply you in all the five core areas of your life. Be blessed as you listen. So we've been doing FAQs on frequently asked questions. And we looked at offerings in Genesis, right? Did we or we didn't? We looked at the offering of Cain and Abel. Then last week we looked at whose offering? They they respected. So we said there are offerings that there are some offerings that are respected and some offerings that are not respected. So I want us to look at another set of offerings in the book of Genesis as well. Another set of offerings that we see in the book of Genesis. That's why I asked you to read the book of Genesis. And this set of offerings is called the tithe. The tithe. The tithe. The tithe. The tithe. Now, in recent times, the subject of tithing is taught in the Bible, or rather, in recent times, the subject of tithe is taught in the Bible has sparked more debate, raised many questions, and provoked several reactions, some of which relate to the necessity of tithing. Some of these questions include, is tithing necessary? Have you had such questions? Was it meant for the New Testament believer? Have you had that question? Is it strictly for people under the Mosaic law? Could it be that tithing was under the Levitical law, so it was abolished for us. So some of these questions is what I'll seek to answer in today's sermon and next week's sermon. So I'll attempt to answer these questions and believe that you will understand what tithing is. So first question, what is the tithe? What is the tithe? Tithe, ninini. Tithe, ninini. So the word tithe, is an ancient way of saying tenth. Tell about the word tithe. Is an ancient way. Talk to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. The word tithe is an ancient way of saying tenth. So whether we use the word tithing or tenth, we are making reference to the principle of giving 10% to God and to his cause. Whether we use tithe or tenth, we are making reference of the principle of giving 10% to God and to his cause. The tithe is one of God's established principles for those who worship him and who trust in him. The tithe is God's established principle for those who worship him and who trust in him. Now, a famous scripture in the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 talks about tithing. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Can we read together? One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. 
So it is a crucial element for our, our relationship with Yahweh. Tithing is a crucial element for our relationship with Yahweh. The Bible says that bring the tithe into the storehouse of God, that there may be food in my house. So the tithe we can see from that scripture is not supposed to go to a children's home. It's not supposed to go to the streets. It's not supposed to go to beggars. The tithe is an established principle for those who worship and obey God. And the tithe is supposed to be for people who worship the Lord and they should bring it to his house and for his cause. That's what the Bible says, bring the tithe to the house of God that there may be food. So house is the place to God and food is the cause. So tithing is given to God and to his cause. Talk about tithing. Tell them about tithing. Is given to God and to his cause. So it may not be an easy one for the flesh to practice. By the way, it is far easier to stand and pray. It is far easier to sing praises. It is far easier even to reach out and volunteer in a church than it is to walk, than it is to walk away from the 10% of everything you have for the service of God. It is easier to pray. It is easier to sing praises. I've never heard anybody complaining about praying. At the pastors or at home, at home, I've never had anyone complaining about singing. Never. I've never had anyone complaining about serving in the temple. But I've always had people complaining about giving their tithe or their tithe. The reason is, it is far easier to do every other spiritual, I almost said jargon, or spiritual um, activity than it is to walk away from 10% of everything you own. The flesh is so attached to ownership that walking away from 10% of what you own, people complain. Hey, tell your neighbor, neighbor, even though you complain, the principles of God are not based on our likes or our dislikes. You know, this morning I woke up with so much awe and so much, I started, I started desiring to be in heaven this morning. I woke up with so much, what do I call? Like I was missing. Not like I've been there, but I was longing for it. Yeah, longing is the correct one. I was longing to be in heaven. So I asked myself, if I long to be in heaven, do you think thieves will make it to heaven? Do you think thieves will, take, will make it to heaven? It's almost impossible. But how come we long for what is not perishable? But we are afraid to give God what is perishable. You long to walk on the streets of gold. How many long to walk on the streets of gold? How many have a desire that one day we will meet in heaven? Actually, the, uh, after I woke up, I after I started having those thoughts, I received a text from somebody and he told me that he had a dream that we were, in, we were with him in heaven. And I was holding his hand and walking with him. And as we were walking, some guys came to him and told him, thank you that you preached to me. It's because of you that I'm in heaven. So the guy started crying. It was not you. <laughs> the guy is saying, that was me. <laughs> I did not receive your text. So when he told me that, I realized that actually what I was sensing was the Holy Spirit. Because I would want to meet Mike in heaven. 
Then he says, thank you for preaching to me. It's because of you that I'm in heaven. Then somebody will tell, uh, will tell Mike, thank you for preaching to me. Because of your preaching, I'm now walking on the streets of gold. But how will you walk on the streets of gold? How will you get there if you're just afraid to walk away from 10%? Think about it. What is greater? Why should we have debates on giving? Yet we want to go to that person whom we are giving to. Ukona shida na kunipea mimi, lakini wada kuja kwangu. Ukona shida kunipea fanta yako ni kunyue. Nani yake in the first place? I mean, it's like I buy a child's chips. Like one time I bought for a young boy chips, fries. So after I bought for him, he sat down to eat. So I asked him, can I take two? He said, no, this is mine. He said, you can't take, it's mine. I said, but I'm just asking for two. He said, no, 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 buy yours. So, so at that point I told myself, isn't that the same thing we do with God? God gives you a whole plate of fries. But he's just asking for 10%, two of those fries. You say, Lord, no, this is mine, buy yours. By yours. How sad. How sad. Tell about how sad. So, as a practice, tithing does not come as easy and natural and an easy response as it should be. As a practice, tithing does not come easily or naturally as a response to world's appeal for us to respond occasionally to help people in need. I think it was, I think it was Richard Branson who started this art that is now trending on airlines where people are asked to give their leftover change while on board so that they can use it to, to take care of humanity, to save the Amazon forest. All those things, if you've been to a flight, they ask you to give your change. You'll be there in Jesus' name. So people find that easier than it is to give their 10% to God. So as a practice, it is easier to give to natural and worldly causes. People don't have a problem spending 5,000 to go and watch conscience and lose their phone. While at it. You don't have a problem with that. But you have a problem giving 5,000 to the Lord. Easy. It is natural and easy to give to natural causes worldly causes, but it is very hard to walk away from 10% because that involves a spiritual activity. And a spiritual activities are always fought by spiritual powers. That's why it is easier for you to spend 10,000 to go to a concert than it is to give 10,000 as an offering or as a tithe. Because when you give 10,000 to the concert, it is a natural cause. It is fulfilling your flesh. It is making your flesh happy. You never complain. How come I'm spending 10,000 and the artist is coming in with a Bugatti and, 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 and the people going to rave there are, are walking? You actually celebrate when you see him walking in with a Bugatti. You want to take photos with his car. But if a pastor walks here with a, drives into this place with a Mercedes Benz, you start saying, Pastor Ndani Abima, Washirika Wanatembea. 
and the artist is performing for 15 minutes and you are okay to give 10,000. But you have a problem when you are giving the same 5,000 or 10,000 to, to God and to his cause. Are you seeing how it is easier to give to natural causes than it is to give to the spirit of God or to give to God? It is easier for you to walk into a restaurant and spend 50,000. You will spend 50,000 one day. Right now, it is easier for you to walk into uh, uh, KFC here and buy a whole bucket. And that bucket goes for how much? 6,000, 1,200. The large bucket. Whatever, 1,600. 1,250. No, it can't be. It's 2,300. So let's say 2300 you, you, you have no issue walking into KFC and spending 2300 to buy a bucket of thighs. <laughs> but you have a problem coming on Sunday broadcast Sunday with 2000 for the broadcast. You have a problem with that. But what you will eat and take to the toilet, you have no problem with it. It is very easy to give to natural and worldly causes than it is to give to spiritual causes. That's why very few participate in spiritual causes and very few succeed in spiritual causes. Because the spiritual cause has far more reward than the natural cause. Look, what do you think you will get from giving money to save the, uh, the Abadeas? What do you think you will get from your monthly contribution of, of buying uh, what are they called? Uh, of buying trees to save their Badea forest. What do you think you'll get? Do you think you'll get an eternal reward? It is just your name that people will remember. And we'll be happy because we'll have, we'll have trees and clean energy and fresh air. But do you think there's an eternal reward in heaven? At say he needs a city in heaven. Did Jesus, did Jesus die on the cross to save trees? Was that the reason why he came? For the salvation of trees in Abadea and salvation of trees in Mount Kenya. So do you think it has an eternal reward? It doesn't have an eternal reward. But what gives you eternal reward is what you don't want to participate in. Is what you have excuses for. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, neighbor, giving to worldly causes is far easier than giving God. So the difference between the passenger who responds to the global trend started that was started by Richard Branson and the Christian who practices the word of God is that the passenger does it based on volition and choice and the doctrine of necessity. It is volition like an ajitakia, the volunteer. It is by choice. I may decide. And he is responding to the doctrine of necessity. There is a need. So let me respond to it. But for a Christian who practices the word, it is proof of his own faithfulness to God and to his word. The difference between a natural passenger who just responds to that cause, that global trend of let's save Abadeas, let's save these children's home, let's do this and this. The difference between that, that, that passenger, that normal guy who is on that plane or that normal Christian and the one who, who gives 10% of his income to God is that one does it out of his faithfulness to God and to his word, and another does it out of the doctrine of necessity, choice, 
involution. So whom do you think has a greater reward? Whom do you think has a greater reward? Talk to me. The one who was given out of his faithfulness to God. So Jesus said in Luke chapter 16 verse 11. Luke chapter 16 verse 11. The Bible says, Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? If you're not faithful with an unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? That's why I asked you. You have no problem wanting to go to heaven to see God. But you have a problem to give to God whom you want to go and see at a later date. <laughs> you give me a message, Bible. Ni message ngumu ama ni watu wanashtuka. Let's read together. One, two, three. <laughs> Let's read louder. One, two, three. Everybody should read. If you are a crook in small things, you will be a crook. So if you are taking away unrighteous mammon, you have a problem with 10,000 bob. You have a problem with 5,000 shillings. You have a problem with 100 bob. Because you can pay a tithe of 50 shillings. You can pay a tithe of 100 bob. You can even pay a tithe of five shillings. If you are a crook with five shillings, you'll be a crook of one million. And if you are a crook of five shillings, who will make you lord of one million? So the one who pays tithes proves that he's faithful with the unrighteous mammon. That's why God responds to that person faster and more than someone who does not pay their tithe. You will see the first person who, who paid their, their tithe in the book of Genesis. So the tithe is the crucial element in our relationship with God. The tithe is a crucial element in our relationship with God. It reveals our heart. It is the evidence of our growing faith. A man who cannot walk away from a tenth having the promises from God, he will be blessed has not shown his faith is growing and does not respond to the word of God with faith. A man who cannot walk away from tenth of his income with the promise from God that it will be given back to him, a good measure, shaken together, pressed down, running over, shall men give to you. If I do not believe the promise of God that bring the tithe to my house and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, clearly shows that you have no faith in the promises of God. So stop believing that there is a heaven because you don't have faith area and not have faith in another area. How come you believe there is heaven but you don't believe the same God who promised that if you give your 10, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing? How come you only believe partly but not entirely? How come you are okay to believe there are angels but you don't believe that you, if you give your 10, God will bless you. <laughs> it is an evidence that you have no faith. So any man who gives his 10% clearly shows us that he has a growing faith and shows us his relationship with Jesus or his relationship with God is a solid relationship. Because the Bible says, where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. So your heart follows your treasure. Tell about your heart 
follows your treasure. So if your treasure is with God, tell about if your treasure is with God, your heart will follow you to God. Yeah. So I see some boys, they got, buy girls nice phones, buy them nice earrings and necklaces. And when they break up, they ask for their things. They say, return my watch, return my necklace. That's why they are boys. <laughs> return everything that I gave to you. Eh? Everything I gave you, return to me. And send back my airtime that I've been sending you. The boy is just trying to demonstrate that where your heart is, there your treasure. So if your heart is not with me, even my treasure should not be with you. Should not follow you. You get it now. Not to say it's a good practice. It just shows you are a boy. That's why I use boys. So if you truly love God, if you truly have a relationship with God, Maggie, if truly I love my wife, why would I withhold my resources from her while it's in my power? If I truly love her, why should I have a problem giving her 10,000? And she's my wife anyway. So why do you have a problem giving God your 10%? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. 1 Thessalonians, what was Salon? This is for you. Special dedication. Okay, let's start with Hebrews 10, 23. The Bible says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. It's on the screen. Can we read together? One, two, three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without For he who promised. So God that promised if you bring a tithe, I'll open the windows of heaven. He's a faithful God. So hold fast to that hope without tossing. Without wavering, without shaking. For he who promised is faithful. He that promised that if you're faithful with mammon, unrighteous mammon, he will make you lord of a match. That God is faithful. So hold on to that hope without wavering. For he who that promised is faithful. So the fact that you don't give your tithe shows that you don't have faith in the promises of God. So you don't have faith in the promise that God will judge the living and the dead. You don't have faith in that. You don't have faith that Jesus one day will return. You have no faith. Because if you had faith in that, you will realize that he who promised to return is faithful. So you will surely return. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your pastor, you are on Galatia. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. The Bible says, He who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. Who also will do it. The one who called you is a faithful God. The one who said, bring your tithe is a faithful God. The one who said, when you bring your tithe, 
I'll open the floodgates of heaven is a faithful God. So when you respond to the call of bring your tithe, expect that he will keep his side. Because he who called you is faithful and will also do it. So your response to faith is seen, or rather your response to the promises of God is seen by your faith in your tithing. So tithing reminds us of the ownership of God over everything we are and have. Tithing reminds us of the ownership of God over everything we are and have. You know the story I was telling you earlier of a young boy who I bought chips. And when I asked just for to, to, to eat two of them, he refused. He told me to buy mine. The boy had forgotten that if he had not provided those chips, he would not be eating. So he had forgotten that the chip, the, the french fries he's eating, the chips he's eating are actually mine. I own them because I'm the provider. If I decided not to provide, he would not be eating. True or not true? True or not true? Say true. True or not true? So tithing reminds us of the ownership of God. Of everything we are and everything we have. So anytime you come to present your tithe, it is a moment of remembering that everything I have, Pastor Mary, belongs to God. <laughs> Even that name belongs to him. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the shoes you are wearing belong to God. The clothes you are wearing belong to God. The boyfriend you have belongs to God. The girlfriend you have belongs to God. The wife you the wife you have. Tell your neighbor, the wife you have. The husband you have. All of those things belong to God. So when you present your tithe, you remind yourself of the ownership of God. The ownership of God. Of everything and everything you own. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, tithing is a solemn remembrance of everything we have and everything we are belongs to God. So tithing proves that we can trust God to give us much more than what he has asked us to bring. Tithing proves that we can trust God to give us far much more than what he has asked us to bring. So God has just asked you to bring 10%, but you, are, you have faith in God that God is able to give me more than this 10% that I'm giving to him. That is what tithing is. It proves that you can trust God so tithing is a command from God. Tithing is not an instruction. It is a command per se. You know, instructions you can debate. You can say, I will do it, but not now. I'll do it at a later date. Right? But commands are executed immediately. If you work in the military or you've been to a barracks, you, you, you understand the aspect of commands more than a civilian. If your father was a policeman, you realize that he was being called at midnight. 
And he had to wake up and leave the house at midnight and come back tomorrow at 8 a.m. He did not have the choice of saying, Unajua saini usiku boss, kwani pia nyinyi amfikiri yangi, amuonyo ni kana familia. All those silly excuses people give. Because in that function or that discipline force, they don't receive instructions only. They also receive commands. And commands are executed immediately. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, commands are executed immediately. So how do I know tithing is a command? Leviticus 27 verse 30. Leviticus 27 verse 30. Oh, pastor. But see, Leviticus is the Levitical order. Let's start from there. We are starting from somewhere. The Bible says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. The Bible does not say, Maybe the tithe of the land is the Lord. The Bible does not say, you th I think you should propose. You should have an amendment to propose that the tithe of the land and of the seed should belong to God. The Bible says, and the tithe of the land, comma, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. So he said, in, in other words, in the ground, as long as you're putting effort to the ground, by putting seed there, and in return receiving a fruit, the tenth of that is the Lord's. So if you go to work, that is your land. You are sowing seeds, and you are receiving fruits in form of salary. Whether you are a student, and you receive pocket money, that is your seed, because in return it is giving you fruits. That, a tenth of that, belongs to God. And it's today. today. It's today. It's pocket money. It's today. It's KFC. Talk to me. It's today. KFC. It's today. It's today. It's today. It's today. It's today. You are okay doing everything else, but you have a problem giving 10% to the Lord. It is very natural and easy to do natural things than it is to do spiritual things. You have a problem giving 10% to God because you are a student. But a student like you is dressing very smart, has very nice shoes, he's smelling nice, but a student has a problem with 10% that belongs to God. How can you be hypocritical, my friend? Is that not being hypocritical? Is that, I'm talking to you, is that not being hypocritical? Is that not being a hypocrite? Student, do you pay fare in a matatu? Nganya. They use nganya, which is more expensive. 150. Eh? Uber. Like on Sunday, I saw people here coming with Ubers. I said, why do we do busing? <laughs> I said, why do we do busing? Because that day, people were coming in with Ubers, carpooling. I said, hey, this church is rich, Bana. And they kept time. 
for the first time by six, you were here. By five, actually. They were here. No follow-up. No visitation. You showed up with your nice dress. Because it is easy to, flee, to please the flesh than it is to please the spirit. Students. Do students wear boxers? Why should they not say boxers are where people are working? As we will walk like that. You should say that. I don't have a salary. So I will walk naked. But students, you wear Calvin Klein. You wear Ronaldo 2017. You wear Cowboy. But you have a problem when it comes to giving to God. It just shows that you have no faith that God is able to fulfill his promise. So tithing is a command. It belongs to the Lord. Whether of the land or the, or the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. It is a command. It is the Lord's. So look at your neighborhood. You've never seen them tithing. Tell them that this message is specifically for you and me. You've never seen them respond to tithing. Verse 31. Verse 31. Quickly, verse 31. I don't have time, brother. The Bible says, If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add one-fifth to it. Do you know what that means? If you eat the tithe, when you are coming to redeem it, you should add a fifth to the original 10%. So what is a fifth of 10%? One over, one over five times 10 is what? What you have a sub? What you have a sub? To say DNA apa? Eh? 2%. 2%. Thank you. Unaona watu walipata hesabu. Wewe uko huko hakuna kitu na. Siari ulianguka. Science ukaanguka. Hesabu haujui. Na nataka bwana. Mtatoa nini nyinyi mkishikana na mtu mwingine yako hivyo? A fifth. This one is asking me is it a fifth of the tithe or a fifth of the whole amount? Of the whole amount actually. Yeah, it's true. If a man wants to redeem of any of his tithe, yeah, it's true. So he shall add. So you are adding a fifth of the whole amount to that 10%. So you are saying you are paying 15%. If you eat the tithe, it's 15 or 20%? 20%. 10 plus is 20. 10 plus 10. A fifth is the 20%. So you are paying 30%. Thank God for what we are Pick out what we are What But why should I work hard and I have this? There's a place you cannot be involved. So, when you want to redeem your tithe, after you've spent, he says, because it is mine, I'm putting a very expensive way of redeeming it. So you're supposed to pay 30%. If you don't pay 10, you're supposed to come with 30%. That is 20 plus the 10. 
that makes it 30%. So ulipe tithe 10% peke yake. Verse 32. Quickly verse 32. 1, 2, 3. Can you read together? And concerning the tithe of the heart of the flock, or whatever passes under the road, the tenth one shall be holy. So those guys used to count flocks. And they would put sticks like this, counting them. So the flocks would pass there. So they say one, two, three, four. Count with me. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They would say, remove this. It is holy. It belongs to the Lord. Then they would continue. Thirteen, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Remove this. It belongs to the Lord. So if they did not do that, God says now, if you have 20 sheep, the tithe of it is two. And you eat that two. When you are redeeming it, you don't pay two. You pay Because the tithe is the Lord's. And it is holy unto the Lord. Let's continue. So before you react and you start saying that these quotes are from the Levitical order and claim that these scriptures are from the days of Moses, I'm going to show you later on that tithing happened way before during the days, way before the days of Moses, in the days of Abraham. If you've read through the book of Genesis, you see a place where Abraham goes into war. And when he goes to war, he comes back with plunder. And the Bible says that he gives his 10% to a king called the king of Salem, a.k.a. Melchizedek. Have you seen that place? Now, Melchizedek, the Bible does not say where he was coming from and his lineage. We just see that he appears. And the only thing that he appears to do is to receive the tithe of Abraham. And as you know, Jesus comes from the lineage and the order of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Jesus, because Melchizedek was a priest, was a high priest. So the lineage of Jesus, the high priest order of Jesus, is the order of Melchizedek. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. He comes according to the order of Melchizedek. So that is to say, according to the book of Hebrews, if Melchizedek received tithes. Even Jesus Christ is receiving what? Tithes. Because he comes in that order. Okay, let me break down that a bit. Who colonized Kenya? Who colonized Rwanda? The French. They were colonized by two nations. But one of them was French. Right? Now, the Kenyan army responds after which order? The French or the British? Why do they respond under the British order? Because we were colonized by So everything we do is according to them. That's why we keep left when dry. And we don't keep right. Because we are not colonized by people who keep right. So we follow the order of the British. So Jesus came under the order of who? Melchizedek. So Jesus does everything that Melchizedek did. And one of the things that Melchizedek did is that he received tithes. So as you can see, tithing came well 
than the days of Moses. That's why tithing is not an Old Testament or a New Testament idea. It's not. Tithing is a principle of God. So the practice in Old Testament was different from the practice in New Testament. But the principle was the same. So the principles remain, but the practice may do what? May change. Right now, I don't expect you to bring me a cow. Understand the assignment. Ten cows. I don't expect you to come here with, 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 with maize. Ten sacks of maize. Even though you can, but I don't expect you will do that. Because according to the order we live in right now, with the means of trade, is not but a trade. It is currency, right? So whatever you have can be exchanged in form of a legal tender, right? So what should you bring? Money, a legal? Because do you realize that you are under the order of Jesus Christ? Yes, the Bible says that he is the firstborn of all creation. So you, you were born again in whose name? I'm asking a question. You were born again in whose name? I tell you, I'm Jewish. You are born again in the name of? So you come after whose order? So if Jesus is the priest whom you follow, and Jesus received tithes, the Bible tells me that even you, you should be able to do what? To give tithes to that priest. You wanted to say to receive tithes. <laughs> okay, go ahead, receive. Then we will talk, we will talk later after you've received. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, tithing came way earlier than the days of Moses. So that is to tell me that tithing is not a Levitical order. It's not. It is a Melchizedek order. Because it came, who came first, Melchizedek or Moses? When Melchizedek was receiving tithe, was Moses there? So ladies and gentlemen, tithing is an act of worship. You know about tithing is an act of worship. So all giving in the house of God goes beyond the secular approach to giving. As though it were corporate or an individual social responsibility. Tithing reveals the state of man's heart. So tithing and giving in the house of God is different from CSR. You don't donate to the church. It's not a donation you give. It is an act of worship. It reveals the state of your heart. So what offering up if you donate? At I'm giving donations to the church. Yo, impossible. You can't donate to God. How can you donate to God? Like, like honestly. Can never be me. Who, who should donate to the other? God donates to me or I donate to him. How can you donate what, has given, what the Lord has given you? Brother, you're in a very nice suit, but you're sleeping. How can you sleep in the house of God? How can you donate sleep? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Talk to me so that you don't sleep. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. And sit upright. The reason why you're sleeping is because you're slouching. Sit upright, everybody. Nakama kuna joto sana fungua taiki dog. 
Tell your neighbor, neighbor. What was I saying? Oh, giving to God and giving in the house of God is different from secular giving. It is different from donations and CSR. Giving in the house of God, tithing included, is an act of worship. It's an act of what? I can't tell it's an act of what? It's an act of worship. So when you present your tithe, you are showing God that I can trust your promises. That if I give what you are asking for, you will give me far much more than what I have given you. When you withhold your tithe, you are telling God, I can't trust your promises. That you will give far much more than what? So whatever devotional life that does not touch on man's past is bare words. Write that down. Whatever devotional life that does not touch on a man's past is mere words. So tithing is a matter of the heart. So if you're going to walk devotionally before God, that devotion should be seen by it touching your past. Your past is your wallet. So any devotional life that does not touch your wallet is mere words. Devotional life must be able to touch your wallet. For the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also. So how come you are saying you are with God, but you have a problem with God touching your wallet? You say, God, you can touch everything, but my wallet. Lord, you can touch everything, but my marriage. Tell me about neighbor. God expects you Tell about God expects you to be able to tithe. Because tithing is a matter of the heart. And if a man has an issue with releasing the tithe, it is simply showing him or showing us where it, his heart is. Because where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. The tithe is holy and the tithe belongs to the Lord. Tell about the tithe is holy and the tithe belongs to the Lord. So, it is holy because, the tithe is holy because, as far as God is concerned, a principle which threads through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation is the fact that everything that opens the matrix or the birth canal belongs to God. In other words, every fasting or every fastenth belongs to God. So this makes everything holy. Anything that opens the matrix, the first the salary you get when you get employed, that opens the matrix of salaries. That belongs to God. The first child you get when you, are, when you get married, that first child opens your womb, opens the matrix of being a parent. That means that child belongs to God. The first day of the week opens the matrix of the week. That day belongs to who? To God. Tunelewana. The first of everything. The first of your cars will belong to God. The first of your properties will belong to God. Because that principle is seen from Genesis to Revelation. That the first of everything is the Lord's. Hey, Meshtuka. It's not Miss Bible. So tithe 
is God's method for redeeming everything else. But tithe is God's method of redeeming everything else. Now, a lot of things on earth are unclean. For example, you work in a company. And what you don't know is that that company, the owner of it is a drug lord. But you don't know that. You, the only thing you receive is your salary. So the salary you are receiving is coming from what? From drug dealing. So that salary, that money in essence is what? It's blood money. It's unclean. If you receive that money and give a tenth of it, you have redeemed it. Because you didn't know. The car you drive, you don't know if it was dedicated to idols in Japan. Could be dedicated to idols. It is unclean. So when that car comes, when you give a tenth, you redeem it, you clean it. You can't wash, wash. <laughs> it's like when you give 10, it cleans the 90. It redeems the 90. So when you don't give the 10, the 100 is dirty. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The next day is very far. You don't even know how that money disappears. Because it's not redeemed money. It's not redeemed money. So when you pay 10%, you redeem the money. You clean the money. So 10% is God's principle of redeeming the 90. Remember, God's 10% is God's principle of redeeming the 90. It's redeeming the 100. So when you want the 90 to do more, give the 10. If you want the 100 to do less, eat the 10. It's just a small fraction, but it makes the whole difference. It is just 10%, but it makes the whole difference. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God expects you to demonstrate your understanding of these things. So how do I know this? Exodus chapter 13, verse 13. Exodus chapter 13, verse 13. Gosh, I thought I'd go far, but today time is gone. Oh. So, what does the Bible say? Can we read together? I can't hear you reading. One, two, three. So God sees that the donkey was an, uh, was, a, was an unclean animal. It has, actually, it has two wolves. So that's why we don't eat donkeys. Or do you eat donkeys? Where you come from? In Naikuru, they eat. <laughs> eh? Unknowingly. But the, the reason why you don't eat donkey is because the meat of donkey, I think, has six carbons. If I'm not wrong, or five. No, the normal meat has how many carbons? I can't remember, but I, we, we learned in school. So the reason why, when, when meat has either five or six carbon, when meat has, less, I'm assuming, when it has five, 
ukichemsha inaiva in after a short time ya donkey because it is six ukichemsha i change it remains the same have you tried to chemsha nyama ya donkey unknowingly kuna nyama ushaiweka inakataa kuiva unaiweka unaweka hivi ya hivi could be that was donkey's meat matumbo hapana wewe acha could be that was donkey's meat aso unaiweka kwa moto for so long it's not changing the form because it is complete but when it is not complete one breaks when it is excess it breaks alafu it changes the form so inakuwa soft and naiva but ya punda hivi unaweka 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 inakuwa too sticky eh hadi unanunua mpaka pressure cooker unaweka hivi unaweka kwa jiko hivi so the, the the donkey is seen as an unclean animal so the bible says that for you to redeem that animal you have to give a lamb so when you give a lamb the donkey becomes clean when you don't give a lamb the donkey is supposed to be killed is there you shall break its neck and then he then he comes to human beings he says the first bone belongs to god that's why we dedicate children we say lord this child belongs to you by the way kuna tofauti ya first bone so dedicated to god and those who are not it's true there's a problem called the first bone problem Fasibon wanakuanga na kasoro fulani. Those who are not dedicated to the Lord. Those who are dedicated to the Lord, hiyo kasoro hawana. Person who first passed through the canal of birth. Saingine hiyo umizwa. Because it's not fully open. So when he's trying to push out, saingine brain inafinywa. It's true. Uliza daktari. Daktari sindio? Is the doctor here? Is that the doctor? Sini kweli? Eh? Ama kuja waambie maybe mimi na wao wasio hajao sina jina title wana daktari alafikia na danganya kama. Huyu daktari huyu si wa mifugo. Daktari wa ukweli. Simama hapa daktari wa kuone. Hebu waeleze. What happens? Yeah. What, what? Is it on? Take it closer yeah. to your mouth. What that is trying to say is that during birth usually the the cervix must dilate properly. The cervix must dilate, must dilate properly. Properly, yeah. <laughs> so, if the dilation is not enough, you may find um, during birth the child can have birth traumas and it can affect the w- during the birth process she ca- the child let me use it can have different birth traumas and and may lead to problems during the growth. Normal growth of the child. Yeah. Yon daktari anaongea. Si wa mitishamba, daktari wa ukweli. Eh? Si daktari ndumba wa ukweli. So, that's what happened to my child. He had bad tremors during birth. So it have, it reduced his growth rate. His brain almost died. Because in the process of trying to come out, he never had enough oxygen in his brain. So part of his brain almost died. Thank you daktari. So when you see a, a firstborn hug them they need hugs zile mashida watu wako nazo ni mingi so if there's a boy is an if there's a firstborn next to you give them a hug <laughs> this is a firstborn we go through a lot <laughs> are you a firstborn are you a firstborn 
That's why they are dedicated to the Lord. To be done what? To be redeemed. So they are made whole by that dedication. Umeelewa? So usikuna ingilia brother hako mkubwa. Ati umso na honga slow aje. Alafanya tusiowe. Ni traumas. The dilation maybe never happened to capacity because that's the first time the mother was having that process. Now you know. Now you know why Vaya nakusumbuanga maybe. <laughs> tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor. So the tithe redeems the 90. So that is to say, God also sees fastings as the root governing of all the rest of the things. God sees the fastings as the root governing of all the rest of the things. Romans chapter 11 verse 16. Guy, will I finish what I want to say today? Romans 11 verse 16. The Bible says, For if the first fruit is holy, the lamp is also, and if the root is holy, the branches are? So if the root is holy, everything else is holy. If the root is holy, the branches are holy. <laughs> Talk to your neighbor, ask your neighbor, Shida, kuna kwa nini wewe? Mwana uwelewi mambo. Soma Biblia, one, two, three. I can't hear you, one, two, three. means the first portion of your labor or income represents the totality of it. So what you do with that first determines what happens to the rest. That is why God always asked in both the Old and the New Testament that the first of everything, the first child, the first fruit, the first seed, the first income be presented to him because it represents the Lord's portion. And if the first thing is not dedicated to the Lord, it is set for destruction. That is why the Bible says in Leviticus, when the donkey was not redeemed by a lamb, it was supposed to be broken on the neck. Meaning, if you don't dedicate the first of everything you have, eventually that thing will be destroyed. That's why you lost that job. Passe. Because you never took time to dedicate the first of in totality. Because the first represents the totality of it. That's why every month we bring our 10% of our income, 10% of our pocket money, 10% of our profits, 10% of everything we make. First seed, first income, we present 10%. Because that represents the portion that is the Lord's. Hey! I can't hear you say, hey! So there may be an ample space, or rather there may not be an ample space and time, for me to explain all these principles. But let me show you a few things about the tithe in the Bible. So there are different approaches to giving today. Billionaires of the world give large chunks of income to save humanity. They give to save the Amazon forest. They give to save elephants in Kenya. Right? They give to save bamboo, bamboo trees. 
white rhinos. There's another one here called David Shedrick. It saves elephants. There's a different approach on giving. So these actions are celebrated, but they don't carry the same basis or blessing or power as the biblical tithing. They are celebrated, yes. They are nice, but they don't carry the same essence, the same basis, and the same blessing as biblical tithing. So biblical tithing is intended to honor the Lord. Tell me about biblical tithing is intended to honor the Lord. So let's face it. The cash you give or what you bring in kind will stay in the house of God, right or wrong. It will stay in the church you took it in, right or wrong. But don't worry. The attitude in which you brought in is what rises to God. That's why Abel was respected by God. The offering stayed in the ground. The offering did not go up to heaven. What rose to heaven is the attitude in which he brought. So the money you bring to church will stay in church. You will actually see the pastor maybe will use it. Because it's the truth, the pastor will. What do you think, how do you think we pay bills here? You think I speak in tongues to the owners? <laughs> how do you think you pay bills? How do you think we will get cameras? Eh? You think we will go there to the camera owner and say, <coughs> Or you think we will manifest cameras here? Bring forth, bring forth. No. The only way we will manifest things here is when we use money. So the money will stay in the bank, in the church account. But the attitude in which you brought in is what will rise to God. So what God will bless is the attitude, not the amount. That's why somebody can give very little. And someone else can give. But the person who was given very little is more blessed than the one who was given very much. Because it all depends on the attitude. But remember, quality and quantity are joined at the hip. So what rises to God? Remember, what rises to God is the attitude. The money will stay in the house. So settle that in your heart. Hey. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. I'm Shabweka. I'm going to ask you to preach Bizuri. I'm going to ask you Are you understanding what I'm saying? How many are understanding me? I know I'm a good preacher. Thank you. How many are not understanding me? She does your mimi niwewe. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possession. And the first fruits of all you are. Verse 10. I want us to read together. So the first word in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 is the word what? Honor. So the first word is the word honor. Honor is the state of the heart. The attitude of the giver. Honor is the state of the heart. The attitude of the giver. So if there is an attitude of dishonor, what you give will stay on earth and the dishonor will rise to God. If there is an attitude of honor, what you give will stay on earth, but the honor will rise to God and provoke God to bless you. So what you therefore must do when you are presenting your tithe it must first be 
there to represent your honor for God. And when you present your tithe, that honor you have for God will raise into heaven. That's what the Bible says, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor is an attitude of the heart. It is a state of the heart. So when you are presenting your offering, when you are paying your tithe, the offering will remain here. I will not tell you we take it to God because I also don't have his number. It will remain with us. It will remain with us. But the attitude that you brought it with is what will rise to God. That's why you can bring an offering to a man of God and you say, I gave God the offering. Did you see God? Did you see God? Who did you see? Who did you see? A man. But who received the offering? Because what rose to him? The attitude of this offering. Even though I'm giving it to Pastor Victor, it is rising. Even though I'm giving my tithe to church on Sunday, it is actually being given to who? To God. So what rises to God? The honor. The substance stays here. Talk about the substance will stay here. The honor will rise to God. Tell about repeat again. Tell about neighbor. The, the substance will remain here. The honor will rise to God. So we don't bring the tithe because we are merely responding to social needs in the world. It's not a donation. That is not the original purpose for which the tithe was meant. As we will, we will get to see later when you are looking at why God introduced the tithe. We will see that this is not the original intention to respond to the needs at Nasaidia Kanisa. We bring it because we are walking in faith and in obedience to God. We present our tithe in honor of God, in walking in faith and obedience to God. We bring the tithe because we are honoring God. We don't tithe when it is just convenient. We tithe because it is a command from God. Actually, when you tithe, when you don't know what will happen to the balance, that is faith. But when you tithe because you have excess, that's not faith. So that attitude is what rises to God. The attitude of I don't trust you. I trust my calculations. But when you tithe, you have 1,000. And the need you have is for 1,200. But you say even if it is 1,200, you don't say, ay, 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 the tithe next time. Do you think miambili mebakia? Nikitua mia, itakuwa miangapi? Miatatu. You don't say that. You say, no, I'll give what belongs to God. That is faith. Then God, because I have been faithful to give him what is his, he will give me what he has promised. That is what faith is. Walking in faith is tithing, not knowing what will happen to the balance. That is what faith is. So when you're paying your tithe, don't tithe out of convenience. And yo, imwezi, that's not faith. Faith is tithing even though you don't know what will happen to the balance. Your salary is 30,000 and you know that your monthly expenses are 40,000. You say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sasa nikituwa 3K ni manchasa niko less 13,000. Ah, tatoa. Waja tu nibakie nayo. Next time, nikiwa na 40K ndatoa. That's not faith. Faith is saying, Lord, my, 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 my expenses for month is 40,000. But I want to show you my honor and my obedience and walking in faith by giving you what is yours. Believing that you will take care of my 40,000 expenses. That is what faith is. Tithing when you don't know what will happen to the balance. 
Hey. Is that not powerful? The Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by... So when a believer does the things the way the Bible says, that is when we see God rebuking the devourer. Because you are doing it out of faith. And let me interject here and say something. Your pastor cannot rebuke a devourer sent by God. I cannot rebuke a devourer sent by God, Pastor Genio. <laughs> I can't. It is not in my place. I can't stand and say, this devourer that is taking away money here, I rebuke you. It's impossible. If I do that, I'll just be encouraging you. But that prayer will go nowhere. Because the devourer is part of God's army. And it can only be rebuked by paying your tithe. And it is provoked by the, by the fact that you are an untither. The devourer is part of God's army. So how can I rebuke someone's army who is higher than me? How can, I, how can Kenya fight American army and rebuke them? Is it easy? Just Navy Seals alone can finish us. The strongest of Navy Seals because they are in levels. I think the supreme one can finish all of us. So can, can, can the president of Kenya rebuke the American army? He said, I command you to retreat. Can he do that? So how do you want me to say to the Lord's army, retreat? And you've provoked it by not paying your tithe. Who is, only, who is able to command that army to retreat? Only the Lord, the commander. The commander of that army. Only him is able to command the army to retreat. And the army will retreat. But you, general, officer, commander, of Kenyan Defense Forces, you will not be able to rebuke the Lord's army. Only the Lord will rebuke it. And how does the Lord rebuke it? He says, provoke me in this and see if I will not rebuke the devourer for your sex. So it is the Lord who will rebuke the devourer for your sex because the devourer is part of his army. Hey, Master, is that in the Bible? Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. Quickly, quickly, brother Joel. Or we call you brother Joel from now on. So the Bible says Joel is a good name to name your son. Those who are preparing for children. You have a name now, Joel. Joel. Yeah. Or you don't think Joel is a good name. Do you have someone called Joel here? You see we don't have a Joel. He can be the first one. Joel, Joel. Joel is nice. And jo the female for Joel is? Joyce. Jael. You. <laughs> Bible says, can we read together? One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. <laughs> Let's read again. One, two, three. So I will restore to you the ears that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming, the chewing, my great army. So look at the armies of the Lord, the battalions. There's one called the swarming locusts. We have another battalion called the crawling locusts. Another battalion is called the... And another one is called the... So all these are God's armies. He says, I will migrate army which I sent among you. So the army. So when we saw the, the locusts flying in Kenya, it was the army of the Lord. It was the army of the Lord. That's why we, we tried to spray with... Those insecticides, they could not go. We sprayed. Did we not spray? We even hired planes to spray. Yeah, the, 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 the minister for agriculture came and told us some things here that, are, that were not making sense. You remember? 
They are mutated. They are what? He was trying to explain why the locusts are not going. Kumbe, the answer was, it was the Lord's army. So the only one who could rebuke that army was the commander of that army. The commander-in-chief of the army of locusts. Locust Defense Forces, LDU. <laughs> Locust Defense Forces. <laughs> eh? LDF. The commander of LDF is Jehovah Jireh. He's the commander of the host. So I cannot rebuke devourers in your life, my dear. Only the Lord can rebuke, and the Lord will rebuke them if you pay your... Because it is he that sent that army. So how can another commander stand and start rebuking that army? Tell everybody, it's not possible. It's not possible. So only God can withdraw his army. And only God can avert that army from destroying you. And that will only happen if you obey his word. So when the first fruit or the tithe is given in faith, God rebukes the devourer. You are giving them empowers the redemption of what is left. Because God has rebuked the devourer. So what is left is now redeemed. So angels are, re are released to see that the 90 does better. Angels are released so that the firstborn and the first seed and the first fruit and your tithe to take care of it and make sure that it is not lost. So the 90 that is left is redeemed by God because you are willing to pay so ladies and gentlemen, what happens to your fasts affects the rest. Repeat after me. What happens to my fasts determines what happens to the rest. What happens to my fasts determines what happens to the rest. So the fast, the fast affects the rest. Repeat with me. The fast affects the rest. So when 10% is given, the redemptive power is released. 10% of the redemptive past is given and the blessings begin to follow. Ladies and gentlemen, why do you think we serve God in our youth? Because the Bible says it is good for a young man to bear his yoke in his youth. So we are bearing the yoke of serving God in our youth so that the rest of our life is taken care by God. Because you shall serve the Lord and he shall bless. I'm so sure some of you laugh at the shepherds who come to maybe bust you, to wake you up. You wonder, when are these guys paid by the church? Give them 10 years. Give yourself 10 years. What they are doing with their fast is affecting the rest. What you are doing with your fast is affecting the rest. Give them 10 years. Give yourself. Then let's compare notes. What you do with the fact or with the fast affects the rest. The Bible says, and you shall return and you shall see. There shall be a difference 